This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? Hello and welcome to another edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amra. I'm joined in studio this week by my colleagues here at the Sunday Times Politics Desk, Kwanita Hunter, Zimasa Matiwane and Apiwe De Klerk. How are you guys doing today? Good, all what's good? up? Well, we've got a lot to talk about this week, so please stay with us. To all of you who are listening, we're going to be talking about Shlaudi Motswening and his appearance before the state capture inquiry. And we're also going to be talking about um, the sort of xenophobic unrest and how politicians have been responding to that and whether those responses are actually good enough. Um, so let's get straight into it, guys. Yo, Shlaudi has been quite a spectacle um, at the state capture inquiry. I've been I've been covering it, and um, man, that guy never ceases to amaze me for so many reasons. I just never <laughs> seen somebody who is so self confident, if that's the right word to use, or just purely narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> but for the first time, I think who for whoever's been to the state capture inquiry and have been confronted with this question of the Guptas and they've always sort of like just been a bit edgy um, tried to place their words very well um, and and sort of get out of it and explain the situation whereas Laudi on the other hand he was very very unapologetic about his relationship with the Gupta brothers and he said he visited the family Saxon world home so many times that he couldn't even put a number to it and um, that he enjoyed the curry so much that was served there Yo, guys, this curry has been a very big focal point of the state capture <laughs> inquiry. Why some people say the curry wasn't nice, you guys? Gandhi, what, is, what is the verdict on the curry, Kanita? I, I feel like... <laughs> Why well, are we asking like Kanita? I feel like it's very loaded. But the, the, the time that I did eat Gupta curry, it was not the best curry I've ever had. Exactly. I, I think it depends w- w- which curry I used to. Maybe it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, Saudi is not yeah. at that level of Kanita yet. <laughs> I feel like the state capture inquiry needs to subpoena the chef who was yeah. working in Saxon <laughs> and ask him like what was so good about have a test like, taste yeah, testing. Let's you know? test, imagine Judge Zondo eating that curry. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, um, I think it's a very good curry. <laughs> <laughs> because this thing was hypnotic. Um, it, it seems like this curry had drawn people to Saxon world and made them and influenced their decisions. Uh, we're just joking, I guess. But Shlaudi was. <laughs> Um, yo, his testimony was, and it's still going on. But he was previous. He was talking about. Um, he was responding to testimony from former C, uh, CEO, SABC CEO uh, Lulama Mokobo, and she previously told the commission that Motswening unexpectedly hurried her away from her desk, and this was about a week into her tenure in 2012 to take her to the Gupta's house. Um, and at the house, Ajay Gupta was there, Atul Gupta was there, and Dudazane Zuma and Ismakashule's son, uh, Chapito. Now, apparently, at the house, they lobbied her to allow them access to the SABC digital channels. Now, what's fascinating here about Shlaudi is that he doesn't deny it. He says, of course he did. Um, he took her to the house, they're normal business people, and uh, yeah, they, they pitched an idea, and so what? But that's the question, is... Is and, and this is the big argument in South Africa right now, or well around the Guptas, is is meeting the Guptas legal or is uh, it just ethically what? You've got because no 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 because no no Shlaudi, Shlaudi sort of 
brought this up. He's like, so what? They're normal businessmen. So what if we met them? But is there a problem with that question? Uh, Can I jump in? Um, in. Look, I don't have a problem with uh, any COO, group CEO of a state-owned company, of a parastatal, or or any who is meeting with a businessman. Mm. I have a problem with the fact that they are not the only ones who had some sort of an interest in the SAPC or some sort of partnership. Mm. Uh, so the SAPC is, was a, is a multi-billion organization. You now taking the CEO, or you are the COO, mm. you take, you go to their house. Uh, how many other people uh, do business uh, with the SAPC? Mm. Do you then go to each of those people's house? So it, it shows you the problem with it. That's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. If the Guptas had rocked up at the SAPC and uh, 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 and had a, 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 sh- a scheduled meeting yeah. or a formal meeting, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so long as the SAPC doesn't agree to a dodgy deal. Of course. You it's, see? it's the summoning the, that makes yeah, us uncomfortable. You, you are being summoned. You know? uh, I mean, come on. And there are a lot of others. I mean, say, for instance, uh, uh, people who produce content like the Fergusons, for instance, mm-hmm. Um, do, do you do you have a, a picture in your mind uh, uh, the group CEO of the SAPC going to meet with Connie uh, Ferguson and his uh, and, the, and her husband at, at their house to discuss a pitching of a show? Mm. You see, that's 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 where the problem is. Mm. They are being someone. It's not uh, it's not just a, a routine normal yeah. meeting. And that that's where there is no problem. Yeah, yeah. So that there is a businessman who of business people who have so much power that they can summon uh, a CEO mm. to come and, 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 and listen to them and, and feed them the curry then and... and uh <laughs> but, but can I tell you guys something, right? So, so, so I mean, it's no secret that I obviously worked at the Guptas around that time, right? And, and you, 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 you did indulge in the curry? No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Even on my slave wage. Uh, but, but, but... Um, you know, I would often go to these breakfast briefings, right? And they would be tremendously boring, number one, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting a minister talking about a yearly plan that she doesn't even know about herself. You had, uh, what is this guy, Peter, you, you, Peter wait, Ndoro. You, you, you said herself. You have a specific minister in mind. Who is it? Tina. <laughs> <laughs> that day I was so sugar. That's, that's <laughs> Tina Chobat Peter said for the people who don't know. <laughs> uh, um, but, right? But then you also, I mean, those, nobody used to buy those tickets, right? It used to be a whole lot of SAA staff members that used to sit on tables. It used to be state-owned entities buying these tables, right? And it was not, I mean, really... And they weren't cheap as well. And they were not cheap, right? (laughs) And the Guptas would benefit all of that money, right? They had free advertising because they never paid the SAPC Mm. for that content. And it doesn't, for me, what I couldn't understand is that the SAPC can get a minister to talk about Mm. the plan any Mm. day of the week, Mm. right? And these breakfast briefings, I mean, we know the Treasury has done an investigation, was that not only was it, you know, illegal, it was also used by the Guptas to strong arm or to make contacts and influence, right? Because back in 2012 and 2013, if you you follow the, the evidence that's coming out before the Zonda Commission, is that 
it they never really had the muscle that now we know mm. they had of right course. so they used these kinds of 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 platforms mm. to strong arm people um you know give people publicity uh, invite people to their shows um you, you understand so that they could so that they could then get a footing uh, and and then and then and then get access to people like Lynn Brown and mm. Tina Jomart Peterson and all of those kind of people but the reality of it is that this um uh, what what cloud is admitting today is like what zuma admitted about the new age mm. to say no 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 it was it was my idea so basically for me if i was zondo and the investigators or terence rombembe i would have said this is an admission to state capture this is an admission to say yes i was in the state yes i worked for a state entity and i prioritize doing business that was not favorable to my institution but favorable to to a private entity but so that is for me admitting to state but in shlaudi's mind um, as he said it it was favorable to the sabc because apparently um, it had boosted their shows ratings but we'll get back to that some mm-hmm. other time There's no because apparently these things had cost the sabc millions to broadcast and they got no money back from it um, but shlaudi apparently believes that actually based on what uh, based on i don't know what shlaudi based is <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to some more of his claims here. Right now, he was responding um, to a lot of what previous witnesses of the SABC had said about his controversial policies. Now, one of them was his sort of 90-10 division of local and international content, where he would give um, uh, sort of priority to 90% of local content and 10% to foreign content. The other thing he was... Um, made to respond about was his other policy or decision that as he describes it of banning um the broadcasting of protest action now this was now the time here is important because it was around the 2014 national elections where he then said no actually we're not going to broadcast any violent protest actions and lots of people saw that as a way of um not showing um people's sort of uh, dissatisfaction with the ANC at the time Um so he was made to respond to some of these things um over the past day and he claimed it was his job to stop the broadcast of violent protests it's one of um his decisions that were really taken aback by some of the SABC 8 those senior managers who were fired because they openly defied him um and on the local content policy he basically said that um it was praised throughout the country and his intervention to stop the broadcast of violent protests was necessary to promote social cohesion and it did not go against the broadcasting act um it also said that um, but also the thing is that his his policy is said to have cost the broadcaster millions in advertising revenue so shall we believe that he's done nothing wrong here in in terms of the 90% policy it mm. for me it makes sense why a south african a national broadcaster would prioritize south african content mm. uh it it has many benefits for our artists in terms of of making a living in terms of royalties but also in terms of of a pre- preserving our languages uh job creation i mean mm. production people who are acting a lot of of people in the arts industry who are struggling to make a living are struggling because we are busy prioritizing bold and the beautiful and fandam mm. to play on SAPC since 1990 you mm. know or 80 mm. something so for me that made sense i think maybe we could have started with the 60 40 and mm. see how it works i'm still not sure how 
the advertisers came to a decision that well, obviously it's because people stopped watching shows no no that's not can i just jump in one second mm. for me the issue is never the 9010 or the localization of content you cannot have one man unilaterally decide in a, that's the problem the problem is the problem is it's a public broadcaster, broadcaster yeah. it needed to go through a proper channel of saying the pub getting the public views like any mm-hmm. uh, uh, state entity mm-hmm. and you filter it all the way up until it's policy and then you say this is the policy okay. the risks are, 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 are mitigated you spoke to your advertisers now according to advertisers that's instability one man coming into a meeting and says guys and and you know the accounts of how that meeting took place it was bizarre you know just deciding there and then done we are not going to be playing all of these things you're not going to straight away we're going to do a 9010 and if you don't we're going to fire you all that mm. is the problem the problem is not the actual idea the idea is a good idea and probably the public would have said the same thing it's if you an advertiser you have made your calculation in the fact that okay 80,000 people watch bold and beautiful i'm just using that as an example mm. so i know that this may, you understand what i'm saying any instability to that is going to make me scared and the reality of it is that because you're not sure what the response is going what's to going be to be the response is that okay, yes but if you did it if you did it according to a uh, a uh, uh, you a know process. a process and 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 there was proper uh, consideration talking to advertisers talking and like he said cuz consulting the gupta's he could have gone con and consulted the public <laughs> <laughs> look uh, i i'm i'm i was one of the biggest um uh, advocates for that mm. um amongs my friends of course <laughs> some of them uh, uh, see themselves as artists and, and they want their mixtapes and, and, and their songs played on radio yeah i've got friends i'm friends with djs <laughs> so i was the biggest advocate of that to say look for me it doesn't make sense to me that uh, i listen to a station and 90% of what is playing is, is is foreign music. Some of them it's, it's I'm sorry to say it, but but it's crap. It, it uh, is I'm crap. listening to Justin Bieber. Yeah. I mean we can listen there there are crappy artists of ours yeah yeah in South Africa that we can, that we can listen to. I mean put Steve Hofmeyer in there for for all I say. <laughs> I mean but what what I'm saying is you look now um on on DSTV you had cha- we have channels that are Uh, focused on local content mm. and it's people who were at the time uh, at the SAPC I'll, I'll use the example of the Ferguson's again mm. they've got shows there they, they, they've got a drama series and, and whatnot top quality mm. now had that um, decision been made properly and been put into effect mm. those channels would not even be competition mm. for SAPC yeah. a lot of people who uh have access to DSTV uh they get that package and they would much rather watch those channels than they do SABC mm. so SABC loses because they saw Saudi's the idea as soon as they saw that idea it clicked on them let's let's create these channels there are those some of like the worst quality uh, productions but they put them there because they know someone's going to produce uh, this series now or this a uh, short story movie or whatever mm. now the second one by the time they get to the fifth one the quality would have improved and then they 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 graduated to a different channel which has premium stuff 
So his idea was brilliant. Mm. Mm. So let's talk about Slaudi's other decision, and that's his ban on violent protests. And he was saying um, that banning the violent protests is a form of promoting social cohesion. And he said that look at these xenophobic attacks happening outside in Johannesburg now. It's because we've been showing these protests, and the investors are they 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 are in uh, in anticipation for the country because we show these protests, and we shouldn't be doing that because we're and in his words, we're glamorizing violence. He's trying to say glamorizing, but mm. he uses the word glamorizing violence. So that's Slaudi's sort Stop of. Stop it! I like it. What's the <laughs> word? <laughs> I'm still glamorizing. Trademark by Slaudi. I'm sorry, you can't use it. Abiyu, what do you think? Look, uh, there's a very thin line between someone who has whose heart is in a good place mm. and censoring, uh, but on the how this was triggered it was not necessarily out of a good heart it was most more so to uh, protect the right. ruling party mm. at the time mm. if he he's, he has been like that look I, I get the fact that when people read about things when people um, see it on the news that um, in Gauteng they were protesting about the road uh, that has potholes and they bend down a clinic mm. Uh, then the minister came two months later, construction has started and they rebuilt the clinic. It might send a wrong message, yeah. right? But you have to draw the line between that and censoring. Mm. And he, at the time, it was really for the interest of the ANC and his buddies who were in charge at the time. It had, had nothing to do with him. Uh, and I, I saw the, the, the idea that he was making that uh, you are bending a library and then someone is coming out uh, of the library mm. and, and, and you know the, they are on fire and stuff like that but he never gave other examples like what graphic images or footages that he was so concerned about because when you're going to cover a protest you're going to say there's a protest people want to see okay there's a protest where exactly so and it's violence and, and, and people are throwing mm. stones at the police so wh where do you draw the line mm. okay don't show them when they are throwing stones at the police or maybe only show them when they are singing <laughs> or, and yeah. then say later that uh, so much was damaged. I mean, yeah, Doesn't I, I don't sense, get so. his logic. So you must have rounded up for us. I, I know for a fact that I don't want Saudi making a decision for me on what I consume as news and, and what I don't consume as news. So he definitely overstepped there. It wasn't his place to make that decision. Um, and... The fact that, look, the SAPC will always be a highly politicized space. But you need someone there who is strong and, and independent. And Saudi has never been strong and independent. He's there because so-and-so put him there for a certain mission. And he was doing a disservice to South Africa when it comes to that. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about xenophobic violence uh, throughout South Africa and how politicians are responding to it. Stay tuned. <laughs> Racial identity politics, a phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation. That's why we're starting it first. Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, welcome back. So let's get straight into it. Um, a whole bunch of politicians and political parties have been responding to how they think um, that the xenophobic situation in South Africa should be managed. Um, it started off with um, Minister for International Relations and Cooperative uh, Cooperation, um, Minister Naledi Pando, on Monday when she met ambassadors and high commissioners from Africa um, to sort of ease the tension after diplomatic fallout. Um, triggered between all the violence that we've seen in Johannesburg and other major cities. From that violence, 10 people have, uh, 12 people have been killed so far, apparently, according to Police Minister Bekitele. Um, but 10 of them are South Africans, and more than 700 people have been arrested. But it's caused a lot of outrage throughout um, various African countries, especially uh, Nigeria. We've seen on Wednesday that a lot of Nigerians have been going back home. Um, mm -hmm. They were offered free flights mm -hmm. to go back home if they chose to do so. Now, the way politicians have been responding to this is actually quite interesting. Um, Pandor, on the one hand, told the diplomats that the legacy of apartheid, um, which caused inequal economic inequality in the country, was to blame for the attacks um, on Africans by local South Africans. Um, among other things, of course. But let me quote her here. She says, while political and civil freedom sued the wounds of apartheid, the long-term and worsening economic inequality has deepened resentment and caused anti antipathy uh, toward brothers and sisters from other African countries. And it is this anger and antipathy that we have to confront. Now, this came in from slack from various, um, this received some slack from various sectors of society, saying that, oh, here we go, we're blaming apartheid again. Um, that's what some people said on, I saw it on social media. Then the ANC came out shortly after that, saying that, they're calling on governments, justice, peace, and security cluster to establish the immediate causes of the violence and identify those who were involved in fueling it. So Pandor is blaming apartheid. The ANC is saying, well, we need to find the reasons for this. Um, Becky Teller says he has a plan, but he can't tell it to us. Well, that's understandable. Um, but can we actually take it on faith that they have a plan, the police this is? Um, and then the DA um, Basically, Musi Maimoni earlier this week said that um, they need better policing, um, that they need to deploy an emergency budget to deal with the outbreak of xenophobic violence in Gauteng. Um, they need to immediately increase the number of police, uh, public order policing in the public order policing unit. Um, they need to increase the number of police reservists and have better cooperation with crime intelligence. So some practical stuff from the DA. Don't know whether it's going to work or not, but at least there's some solutions there. So... Guys, where do we start? Is what the politicians saying, or these politicians, I know Juris Malema said some things as well, EFF leader. Um, let's get into it. Is Are they presenting any ideas, or is it a whole bunch of rhetoric around this? Can I, can I start with, with the last guy that you, you spoke about? Go for it. And then you said he is presenting practical uh, is it not practical? solutions. Most the, mo the most practical thing the guy should have done. Mm. We've been saying since 2016 when they, they put in Mayor Mashaba there. <laughs> as the mayor of city of Chobe, mm. tell the guy to stop talking about this thing. Yeah, mm. ja, he must just stop talking about immigration. Ban him completely. I'm talking uh, about him. Tell him. I mean, it's his statements that yeah. are fueling this thing. The other plans, uh, they just no man. Um, <laughs> it, I, I was there when he was addressing. Yeah, and the one thing he didn't say is that we are going to talk to Mayor Mashaba to say he must tone it down. Every time the Mayor Mashaba gets an opportunity to speak in public mm -hmm. where there is something wrong that is attributed to his government, mm 
He blames for foreigners. Yeah. Mm. I've seen that. Yeah. So why don't you tell the mayor and say, Mayor Mashaba, please, um, can you just, we are dealing with home affairs. Secondly, he's like the ANC. His party, during the campaign period, they campaigned hard on the issue of uh, undocumented foreigners. And the and biggest... The po- and the poorest borders. And the poorest yeah. borders. Mm. And the biggest... Uh, they, he, if, you, if you've lived in Jobek, or if y- you, you, you had followed the xenophobic violence and, uh, um, the, the, between 2008 and nine, eh, you would have known that the, the central... The, 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 the hot spots were here in Gauteng, mm. in Johannesburg. And you, if you followed researches and what you would know the attitude of the citizens of Gauteng, of Johannesburg, towards foreigners. Now you have a mayor whose statements every time <laughs> they seem to justify the attitude, the xenophobic attitudes of normal citizens. So when they go to the CBD mm. uh, and start saying these ones uh, are the cause of crime, are the cause of hijacked buildings and then and every single wrong that is happening in this city. Mm. And then you you, you know you are saying this to people who already believe that foreigners shouldn't be here. That is the cause of these outbursts. And it, it, it's not a coincidence that it's, it's, it's happening just a few months after the elections. Because the whole time of elections, they were being fed that message, including by the ANC, including the, the, the premier of Gauteng here. Mm. So you, you can't then feed people that information and then expect them in their frustration because right after elections they didn't sort that those problems out that the, the people were having mm. Mm. they didn't so their frustrations they boil over they start attacking people and when they are attacking uh, foreign nationals they don't ask are you documented yeah. <laughs> are you not documented mm. they they feel that politicians agree with them that one of our main problems is undocumented foreigners in in their minds is that these foreigners Mm. And they start beating them up and start banning them. Musima Imane can't tell me that uh, he's, he's, he's bringing a, a, a solution to this. Thing. Mm. That, that, uh, anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm very emotional about it. <laughs> it, 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 it so, it's yeah. one of the most unnecessary uh, uh, points you use to campaign mm. in a country like South Africa. Mm. Of course. But you see, the thing is, right, when I look at this violence that's happening, I believe that, that there can be many versions of... There can be many truths. There can be many things coexisting at the same time. Now, Lady Pando can be right to say this is a consequence mm. of apartheid because, yes, we have people living in hostels. We have, you understand? Mm. So she can be right. Uh, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, the president can be right in saying that, you know, maybe it's an over-exaggeration of, the, of xenophobe, the concept of xenophobia because 12 people died and 10 are South Africans, right? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying you can have this multiplicity of voices. Mm. But what you can't have is you can't have real crime happening in such large amounts of numbers. And our security uh, uh, agencies are playing cat and mouse, Mm. you know. That, for me, is the bigger problem when the defense minister sits on TV and says, no, we don't know what's behind this this violence. We don't know why. You understand? That, for me, is a bigger problem because this country can go to shit and our security agencies are busy fighting with each other. That, for me, is a bigger problem. You can have people who are xenophobic, right? Because you can't stop people of having certain views and you can't stop people from mobilizing. But what you can do is preemptively uh, avoid uh, violence and, and loss of life and loss of property. 
So that for me is more important than all of these multiplicity of views and is xenophobia, is it not xenophobia? Yes, we have a, you know, Nigeria exaggerated the problem and that's, tr- that's true. Mm. Nigeria exaggerated yeah. it. Uh, and, and the thing is, when we as South Africans are very critical about our government, but elsewhere in Africa, the media is not critical of their government. So, so, so when we say South, Af- uh, uh, you know, South Africa is um, is xenophobic, and you know, we're becoming a pariah state, which I agree with. Right? I'm mm. not saying we're not xenophobic. It feeds into the narrative of strongman dictatorships or or strongman leaderships across the continent who are saying, yeah, Africa is, you understand? And then you have, then you can't have, because there's violence, you can't have a mature discussion to say, okay, we have to talk about the fact that there's no economic, op- or economic opportunity has been stifled in South Africa and therefore people are becoming xenophobic on one hand, and on the other hand, there needs to be an equal conversation about criminality by Nigerians or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? It, but, okay, you see, can I disturb you? I'm sorry for doing no, this. No, no, it's fine. My biggest problem and this this is something that uh, was drummed uh, on me by uh, my lecturer, uh, the guy who was a course coordinator, Jerry. What is Lodi? Jerry Liable is that crime is crime. It's not crime committed by foreign nationals. It's crime. Yeah. So the biggest problem that we've seen in South Africa is being perpetuated by political leaders. Uh, uh, I understand police have to release statements. Mm. Foolishly, their communications department, they tell you two foreign nationals, yeah. five Nigerians. Mm. And when you read to the crime, and when the politician speaks about the crime, there's nothing uh, about them being Nigerians mm. that caused them to commit the crime. Mm. No, 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 no. So, so, so w- w- what I'm saying is, so because you, these people who are public officials, yeah, they go into public and say a Zimbabwean man stabbed and killed someone in a tavern over a fight that uh, started because of a cigarette. The fact that they are Zimbabwean has got nothing to, to do, do with the, the fact crime, that yeah. the but guy stabbed the other. if you go in any country in the world, if you go in any country, no, no, you'll no, be no. treated differently if you are not a, if you're a foreigner that committed a crime. No, no, no. What I'm saying is us, we are more responsible than that. We are in a country where there is xenophobic violence. We've seen it. We've seen people being burned alive. Yeah. So why do you... Uh, the only thing that um, would justify you saying it was someone from uh, Zimbabwe or someone from whichever country is if this crime they committed for the purposes of fleeing the country to the other country and it has direct link between them committing the crime and them fleeing back to their country. That's... that's that, that's. Uh-uh. So we are not uh, being sensible enough. It's like, okay... For instance, if it was back in the apartheid days, it would say a white woman has been stabbed by a black man. No, it's not the same thing. It's actually exactly because, the same but they, thing. But that's the thing of sovereignty of borders because the reality of it is you 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 can't you can't have discussions about stretched out polu- policing, right? I'm not I'm not I'm really I'm really, really, really not disagreeing with you in your point of the fueling of xenophobia part. But I'm saying to, I'm just u- defending the point of saying when when uh, uh, um what's his name? Makura says we can't fix Barra because Barra is overstretched because 70% of people that go to Barra are, are non-South Africans, non-tax, right? That is an important part in an economic scenario. It's an important part in socioeconomic problems that the, the country faces is that 
the problem is you can't have Kenya pointing at you and saying, yeah, look, at, because they have uh, uh, refugee camps. That they have. But, but so, no, I'm saying. See, Khalid, this, this is a point I disagree with politicians. You see, um, there's nothing that would take away from the fact that uh, Bara has problems with overcrowding. If Makura says we have a problem with overcrowding because Bara receives the large number of patients from uh, in in South Africa. No, it's, wait, it's not the wait, same wait, thing. Wait, but they, these but people don't pay tax. No, 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 can't. My problem is is not that he's saying they, they they're not paying tax or whatever. My problem is that in a South African, okay. whenever a South African is queuing in bar, right. in their minds is that the reason why I'm I not being wait. taken, oh, I have to I wait, is because these Zimbabweans are, 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 are mm. overcrowding mm. our hospitals. But are you saying that 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 point that there's fo- there's illegal Im- illegal foreigners? in our hospitals you think that's not an important point i think that's an important you know it's an important point for you when you are planning inside the meetings okay yeah not you for mean. you when yeah, you are addressing yeah. a because rowdy now crowd in so in no, he's standing in ah, the queue I see what so you now mean. every time every time okay. you are fueling this violence you are talking about it when it comes to bara you are talking about it when it comes to say uh, uh, the provisions of housing because you you, you you've created a mindset that say because the reason why there are so many informal settlements is because these foreigners are building shacks. So we can't build houses for these foreigners. Mm. And then the, uh, when you build houses and the person does, who is a South African doesn't get a house, he, in their mind they think it's the foreigners oh, who have taken over the their houses. houses. Therefore, okay, let's I attack them. You when you are talking about crime, you're saying f- five Nigerians with drugs. To, and when it's a South African, you never say it. Yeah. You must say, if you are saying it for Nigerians, for Kenyans, you must say for South Africans. Yeah. And in, in South Africa now, if, if that, that's yeah. the case, then you must go and say five white people, <laughs> two, two black people, and then you will go down and say two crossers. <laughs> no, and, that, and, that's, yeah. and that's what yeah. Julius was actually yeah. saying. And it's true. It's, yeah. it's, it's very true. You yeah. don't have to do that. Yeah. And it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change the fact that Bara, like the fact that he told us that the people who are overcrowding are foreigners. Has it changed the situation at Bar? No, it didn't. Had he not t- t- hardens, told us... It uh, just hardens our attitudes towards, towards foreign nationals. So the way you are messaging is, is, is driving... And I feel like it's deliberate with politicians. So and there's a scapegoat maybe, no? Yes. yes. Because uh-huh. of, of, of the social issues that they cannot... That they don't have ideas of how to fix, right? right. So they shift the blame on... These we government are not the problem. The problem is that these people are streaming in here and we have no plan for you because they are taking over. Now there's a perception when when you're a South African that actually I can't even live in Hillbrook because Hillbrook is Lagos now. It's not my country anymore. I don't even feel comfortable walking around Hillbrook. I don't feel like I belong in my own land because these people have taken over, you know. Uh, but you see, when it when it comes to the to the hostel dwellers, mm. on on Sunday, um, I I live in Maboneng by GP. Mm. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, there is a hostel. So you've been in direct contact. I've been in direct yes. contact. Uh, I was taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon, oh, and I you. woke <laughs> up. I live on the second mm. floor, and I woke up with a huge rock. Coming through the window, breaking the window, and Sheesh. almost hitting me, sleeping inside my bed. Inside no, my bed. are you serious? I'm telling you, come. 
That's what happened. And I woke up, uh, went and checked the window, and uh, there was this group of, of men. They were singing songs and they were, you know, carrying uh, car tires as if they are ready to beat up people and bend. They were intimidating people. They were just smashing everything. And you know I live next to a police station, right? JP mm-hmm. police station. Not a single cop came out. Cops came out maybe 20 minutes after that crowd had passed and broke windows and trashed the whole area. I don't know where the cops were, but I don't think the cops know what to do. Mm. I saw them uh, pulling three, two people and putting them in a van and then (laughs) disappearing. They are next door to where I live. And that's what happened. Mm. I feel like when it comes to the hostels, our political leaders... They must not go there with an attitude of you listen to us, you listen to what we are saying. Mm. I think people have had enough of promises, empty promises and and everything that uh, politicians are known for. I think people need dialogue now. They need to be listened to, first of all, by Ramaphosa. Maybe Ramaphosa can even bring King Zuelitini. I don't know, because Mm. at least they respect him, they won't boo him. Uh, he can bring Gaile, but they need to sit down and listen to the people who are angry. What are the issues? How can we help? Mm. Because it's it's a culmination of of years and years of anger that we see play out, and mm. unfortunately, foreign nationals become victims because we know that politicians were campaigning on xenophobia. Mm. So in instead of instead of Gaile, uh, getting there and and you know, standing on top of a van and addressing angry people. Listen to the people. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. And you know, if you wanna if you if if you really wanna like scapegoat foreign nationals, then strengthen your, your, your borders, strengthen your 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 your, your, your crime uh, uh, what you call it now, your your criminal justice. Can 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 I remind you guys of something? When they were doing the so called cleanup there in, in around Carlson Carlton Center and they were confiscating this Goods, I don't know. Yeah. They're still doing it today mm. in Fortsburg. Do you guys remember that there were cops who took the goods and tried to resell them <laughs> to the foreign nationals? That's how much we do not have any law enforcement. I don't. I don't think um, intelligence is going to prevent these things happening. I don't think the police are going to enforce the law. Um, I don't think the politicians okay. are going to stop campaigning and you know scapegoating with xenophobia mm. but i think we need a bigger dialogue okay, let's do this qu- very quickly around the table because we're running out of time practical solutions guys any ideas very quickly around the table Q? me i'm not a public servant. <laughs> <laughs> our political leaders must stop being xenophobic yeah, One. yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> Two, they must stop thinking they are going to address people. They must listen to people for mm. once and hear what the people need. Three, the people who are in South Africa legally or illegally, they ran away from something. They are not going anywhere, Mchan. Mm. They are here to stay. Yeah. So we need to find a way to coexist with them mm. and share the little that we have. At the end of the day, they are our <coughs> African brothers. Mm. The people from Europe who stay in in in, in Sentin, we don't even know if they are here legally or illegal. No one is. <laughs> Can't pay people buy thirty five million rand parking lot, parking lots in. Yeah, 
<laughs> you saw that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that, that's perfect. Um, look, uh, I, I heard uh, the Deputy Minister of uh, the State Security, uh, Zizi Kodwa, saying that they've identified some of the leaders of... Uh, I hope, I hope, I really hope that uh, state security will now wake up. and, mm. and Because this thing now is no longer just about the xenophobic violence and how they we must condemn it and whatnot. For them, uh, politicians start acting when for them there are consequences. The consequences now because our relations with these countries mm. uh, have broken down. This um, this whole um, face that we had been showing that this is the kind of country we we are is starting to be shown as, as, as not true. Uh, it was very sad for me that South Africa, uh, our national team, Bafana Bafana, not for the fact that I wanted to watch the soccer, <laughs> <laughs> but the significance of two countries playing a friendly match. A friendly match, unlike others, you are not forced by uh, FIFA, the federation, two countries pulling out. Mm. Um, it shows that uh, these people are not buying this nonsense that the politicians are selling. But uh, they they have problems, and when 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 it's 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 a very important thing uh, internationally when you show solidarity, even if you do not have a single uh, citizen who has experienced mm. xenophobic violence in South Africa to say. We are taking a stand. It is wrong. Mm. But also, you know, the one thing we can't discount is also geopolitics at play. And, you know, in the, the, the kind of scramble to be the big don in Africa uh, by your Nigerias, your Rwandas, your, you, you understand? that Really, we, we, we as South African media also have to understand that while our government can be wrong, other people can also can be, be wrong. wrong yeah. No, 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 I, I get that. But you see, it's very... It's very, this is the argument I always make when there are service delivery protests yeah. that are led by politicians. You see, when there's nothing wrong, no one will join you in a protest. Yeah. If the streets are well tied, the lights are there, uh, the sewer is... The sewer is uh, try and, and organize a protest in Santin. You'll have a problem. <laughs> but go to Soweto. Even if your intentions you know what you want to gain. Uh, the people who have wrongs will join you. Mm. So what I'm saying is, if South Africa had not wronged foreign nationals, mm. the, the act of protesting against South Africa would not have gained traction mm. because you would go to um, uh, uh, Zambia to say, hi, you must boycott a match with Bafana Bafana. They will ask you, but what they, for what? Mm. What have they done? Mm. Uh, I think that's all we have time for this week, unfortunately. I wish we could keep talking about this, but we've run out of time. Remember, if you want to advertise uh, with us on this podcast, you can email smiths at tisoblackstar.co.za. That's S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K-S-T-A-R.co.za. Guys, thank you so much for joining me in Stereo this day. It's been a really riveting conversation. I think this will be the one to remember as well in weeks to come. I think we're going to be talking about this again. Um, I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon, unfortunately. Um, But thank you all for listening in as well. We really appreciate the support. And we'll catch you again same time next week. Cheers.